Ministry Mentorship, Episode 9. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ministry Mentorship. This is Jacob Tapia and you're listening to a podcast dedicated to connecting apostolic leaders with young ministers for the purpose of helping them develop in their ministries. In this episode, we're going to be talking with musician, songwriter, and worship pastor Mark Condon. Mark is a well-known leader in the worship movement and has had a tremendous impact on Pentecostal music and worship over the last several years. It's a great privilege to be able to talk with him recently, and I'd invite you to listen as we talk about fulfilling the dreams and the purpose that God has for our lives. All right, we're here today with Brother Mark Condon, and he is the founder of the Mark Condon iClub. Him and his wife, Carol, have four children, and they live in Columbus, Ohio, where they're presently working on staff at Turnpoint Church as worship pastors. And Brother Condon travels extensively across the country doing concerts, music conferences, and many other ministry engagements. And I personally have, have been able to work with Brother Condon a little bit. He was at the uh, first conference that we had at Gateway College when I was a student, and uh, I may have tried to impersonate him at one time or another in other comedy events, but he's he's agreed to be with us today. Brother Condon, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. Now, you, you've, you've had a great impact in the area of worship, and, and I'm sure many of the people, whether they know it or not, listening to this today, this interview today, have, have sung your songs or have heard them. What, what's the driving force behind your vision, your passion? Well, the driving force behind my vision is to wrap worship around the world. That's what I get up every day and of my life practically and realize that whatever I'm doing needs to revolve around that mission, whether it's writing a song, whether it's hosting a conference, whether it's leading worship in my church, or whether it's speaking at a worship conference, you know, like I was at Gateway. Uh, but it's always been my uh, passion since probably my early 20s, and uh, and will probably forever remain my passion at some level. Uh, I want to help as many churches, worship leaders, and teams, not only have great worship, but to help them uh, lead their people into the manifest presence of God. So uh, that's what drives me every day of my life. Now, we're talking to young people that are just starting out in their ministries, developing in their ministries, and, and I want to kind of focus during this interview on dreams, and, and you've obviously have, have had dreams, and, and many of these people right now that we're talking to are, are saying, you know what, I've got a dream, I've got a vision that I feel from God. How do we know when, when a dream is from God and when it's from the flesh? Well, this is a great question, and and I think we often complicate this probably more than it needs to be, because I believe that God uses what we really desire and what we've prepared for and what we've done our due diligence on, and also mainly and most of all furthers his vision or his, his passions. And if those dreams line up with his passions and all this criteria, in my opinion, is get to work. Uh, that doesn't mean we've got it all figured out or we feel 100% qualified all the time. Uh, that doesn't mean that we no longer feel inadequate, because the truth is I think you'll probably always feel, in fact, I think you probably should always feel inadequate, because I think 
the vision ought to be bigger or the dream ought to be bigger than what we can achieve on our own. And and I believe that God does that. So we will lean on him and walk in faith. Now how do we how do we develop our dreams? I think there's a um you know, a lot of people have dreams. I mean most people have dreams at some level or, you know, visions of what they would like to accomplish or dreams of what they would like to accomplish in life. And 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 so I, I believe we need to sit down after we know what that is, that we really feel like it, you know, uh, this is what it just keeps pounding on me, that this is what I need to be doing. Once you know that, then I believe you need to sit down and create a plan and uh, create a plan that will be pretty much right where you are. If you don't create this plan, the deal is in two or three or four or five years from now, you'll be sitting right where you are right now, frustrated because you've got all these dreams in you but you're just spinning your wheels. You can dream all you want, but if you don't have a plan and work that plan, the dream just remains in your heart and in your mind. I believe that Joseph was, wasn't was released from prison not because he was a dreamer. I, I don't believe Joseph got out of prison because he was a dreamer. I believe Joseph got out of prison because he had a plan. And Pharaoh, when it came right down to it, Pharaoh put him back in prison after he interpreted the dream. But then he said, okay, who's going to help us accomplish this? And he realized that Joseph was the only one that had a plan. So he went and got Joseph back out of prison. So I believe that, you know, our plan is what allows us to step from the present into the future and acting on that plan. And faith is action. And it's getting out there and actually, you know, getting to it and accomplishing something. Otherwise, you know, people, we get scared and we, you know, we just, we're nervous and, and, uh, and we just don't ever act upon it because all we can see are the obstacles and all we can see is what happens if it doesn't work. But I believe that God wants us to walk in faith. When you think about the disciples, they even had Jesus with them. Uh, but, you know, he said, hey, we're going to the other side. And, uh, and they get halfway, and what pops up? Major obstacle. I believe Jesus was probably in the bottom of that boat, probably smiling, thinking, how long will it take before they actually come down here and get me? You know, and and, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and and finally they they you know spaz and 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 they finally said somebody go get him we're going to drown we're going to drown God brought us all the way out here and and now he's just going to let us you know go overboard and die and and you know they start thinking the worst and and so he comes up there and he says peace you know be still and and he gets a little frustrated with him you know, because he said, and then I have to tell you one of the last things we said is we're going to the other side. And, and so I think we need to know, you know, faith comes by the word of God and, and by hearing and, and, and we just got to know God's putting this in us. And I believe if we don't, if we don't act on the, the vision that God gives us, then God will diminish our resources to match the dream or the faith that we have. I believe that God's got people, and he's got finances, and he's got, you know, he's got all the resources we need to move forward. But if we get scared and we don't act on that, I believe God will just shrink and say, hey, I'll put this back for somebody else who will take this step. And, and so and I guess I've always thought, I don't want God to put my stuff back for somebody else. And I want to get a plan. I want to start working on it and make it happen. Did you ever experience any setbacks or criticism when you when you first stepped out? You're talking about going forward and, and getting involved. What what can we expect when we do things like that? 
Well, first of all, yes, you always have criticism. There's always, you know, and that's in every field. I mean, my father-in-law was a cement finisher, and everywhere we went, you know, uh, he was always saying, I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way. You know, and, and I think it's the same thing in ministry. You know, I mean, uh, and the truth is, sometimes we make mistakes. You know, and we look back and say, you know what, do it over again. I don't think I'd have done it that way either. Right. You know, um, but you know, we step on in faith. We try to use the counsel and and seek God, and you know. But I think when Peter jumped out of the boat, he probably in hindsight might think, I don't think I'd do that again. You know, <laughs> um, right. you know. But I, I think sometimes in eagerness and passion, you jump out of the boat. And I guess I've always thought I'd rather be a water walker, you know, the boat talker. And uh, and let's step out, who cares who criticizes? You know, let's just do our best to seek God, stay humble, and uh, and do what's right that God puts in our lives. Who are some people in your life that, that have been an encouragement to you in your ministry and the things that you've done? Ooh, man, um, there's lots of people that inspire me. I'm always inspired by people who uh, just step out, you know, um, you know, and uh, and make it happen. You know, I, I mean, I, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, let's just talk about Brother Bernard, I guess. Uh, a couple of years ago, I've, I've never had the privilege in all my travels to be in the same venue as Brother Bernard. And, and so right after he was elected, I was doing a power worship conference, and they were hosting it in his church there in Austin, Texas. And I didn't really know a lot about Brother Bernard, other than, you know, I'd always heard good things, but, you know, I um, never met him personally. And when I got there, in his in his vestibule, they had almost like a, a, a wall of things and a timeline of things that they had accomplished uh, since his time there. And I was so just pumped you know, by realizing that this didn't happen accidentally. All these things, you know, all the churches that had started and the churches that were built and and things that happened in, you know, I can't remember the exact same time, but I think it was less than 20 years. And, I mean, many, many churches. In the time that most people are trying to dig out a church, you know, they were digging out many churches. And so, you know, I, I guess I'm always fueled by people who have good plans, not just dreams, not just talk about it, not just pray about it, not just hope about it, but they actually have a plan, you know, that gets it done. And But there's been many, many people I, in, in and out of our fellowship, you know, uh, pastors, worship, you know, pastors and, and, and beyond, and sometimes just business people. You know, I, I just, I'm always fueled by people who have good plans and act upon them. And I'm always fooled by people who fail and get back up, and uh, because I think that's a part of you know what we do, and, and and because we're going to make mistakes, and I think everybody needs to know that. But you know, just know that when you step out, you are going to make mistakes. You're dealing with a lot of different apostolic people, and and you also deal with people that that are not of the apostolic faith. How do you stay true to your apostolic faith in in every situation that you're in? Well, first of all, I, I have a lot to say about this, but I, I, I mean, I feel like people already know what you are. So to be something else is only going to mess you up in <laughs> your credibility. And um, and so I, I just think that, um, 
you just have to determine, you know, right up front what you are, who you are, what you're going to be. Uh, because if you don't determine it, your peers and your friends will eventually determine it for you. And and you'll follow, you know, what's comfortable. And, uh, and so I, a long time ago, I, Carol and I sat down and, you know, we just said, what are we and who, why do we believe it? Do I believe it because my pastor? Do I believe it because of my parents? Do I believe it because of an organization? And I've come to the conclusion that I don't believe it because of any of those three things. I believe and I do what we do because it's right for our particular family. And I'm not saying it's what everybody else has to do or should do, but, you know, I my prayer early on was God help me to be consistent to what is right for my wife and for my children. And and that just has never changed. Uh, much has changed, and uh, and I you know and I think again it comes down to your vision and how clear that vision is in your life and and what kind of a plan you have. And I feel like if you don't have a good vision and you don't really know why you're doing what you're doing, then life just has a way of derailing you um, because it's going to give you the obstacles and it's going to give you the hurts and it's going to give you you know, the challenges, and uh, and if you don't have a good, clear vision of where you're going and why you're going there, then I believe that life will just derail you, and one day you wake up, you know, uh, because you're living so unintentional, you'll live somebody else's dream. Wow, that's that's a very powerful thought. And I know sometimes, as young people, we can look at maybe somebody that's wavered on their beliefs or, or their vision and we can say, well, you know, I mean, they're doing it, and they seem to be okay, and everything seems to be working out for them. How would you respond to that? Well, you know, early on, I had all these questions in my own mind, and I and I I remember sitting in a hotel room one time, you know, praying, God, I don't want to do something that will slowly cause me to become numb to what I believe and to who I am and what I am. And I just feel like I had a good talk that night in that hotel. I still remember it. It was in Georgia, in the Atlanta area. And um, and I just, you know, had a really good conversation, I think, that set me in a strong direction for the rest of my life. And the bottom line is this. Uh, you know, I, I had to determine a long time ago that I will not live by fear just because someone else, you know, uh, messed up does not mean that, you know, I'm going to mess up. Um, also, but also I will say that I realize I'm no stronger and I know better and I'm no wiser than anybody else, that I'm just a prayer away from failure myself. So, you know, you have to pray, God, help me not to be arrogant. Help me not, you know, to think that I'm better than somebody else because I don't believe that, but help me to stay humble. Help me to stay needy of you. And I believe if you just uh, be faithful and true to who you are and consistent. Again, that was my desire. You know, I believe you'll be fine. Uh, there's lots of pastors and there's lots of worship pastors who have messed up. And if you look at all that, we would never try anything, whether they're, you know, working totally in a particular fellowship or whether they're not. I, I mean, there's just failures all around us. So we cannot use that as our guide, in my opinion. I've got to just stay strong and to what I am. And I've always felt like anybody who wants to worship God, they don't have to have their interpretation of the Scripture line up exactly with me uh, or with mine in order for me to 
serve or, or help or guide. Uh, my desire is just is to wrap worship around the world. And, uh, and I don't have to have them believe everything just like I believe in order for me to help them or serve them. So in a sense, I, I think you're saying you need to be confident in who you are, in your apostolic faith and what you believe, but at the same time, we need to, we need to allow people to be themselves. And if someone doesn't believe things the way that I believe it, then I'll have some leniency for that. They can do what they want, but this is who I am and this is where I'm going. It's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, I, without a doubt, you must know what you are and can and it just cannot waver. But and I, you know, and this is a really oh, it's an edge topic because if you are not honest with yourself and you don't check your own motives as to why you're doing something, you know, if this is about more glory for you, if this is about a bigger stage for you, for years people would say, well. They go on to other things because they want more money. And I really, I really, you know, maybe there are some that have done that, but I really don't think that's the case. I really believe that all of us, especially men, you know, we have this desire to conquer more territory, give me more glory, give me, you know, a bigger stage. And, and so if that is our motive, then we're going down. I mean, it's only a matter of time. We're going down. And um, because God will not share His glory, and and when we when we feel like we just give me a bigger stage, give me a bigger audience, you may have it for a short period of time, but you're going to lose your credibility, you're going to lose your integrity, and and ultimately, and worse than anything, you lose your ministry, and sometimes lose out with God completely. And so I think you have to have good counsel in your life. You have to have truth sayers in your life. Uh, you have to have someone that, you know, that you respect that will be just honest with you and say, Mark, I don't think that is a wise move for you. And you've got to have those people in your life. My wife has been one of those for me. I highly value her opinion in my ministry and in my life and, in, and with our family. And she has been a very silent giant behind my ministry for years. But most people, you know, probably not maybe aware that she has that strong of an influence in my life. You know, I think it is very important, kind of what you're saying, having people in your life that can talk to you, and and we have to be willing to listen to that. I know some of the times in my life, not not always in Jacob, you shouldn't do this, but but sometimes when I was getting ready to jump off the cliff because I was in so much pain or because I had faced rejection or criticism or had some kind of problem, they rescued me. Well, you know, wherever there's people, there's opinions, and there's problems, and there's politics, you know, and, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's why a lot of people, and people criticize often because they don't understand. They really don't understand. They don't have the whole, you know, story. They, you know, I've had people come after me that had no idea of the decisions that I had made uh, up to that point. They have no idea of my background. Had they known that, I don't think they would have ever even had that question or sent that email or made that call to me. And uh, and so you you got to know, and you can't be insecure of who you are and what God is doing in your life. And you can't be quick to hold grudges against people because they don't understand, because God knows I've done it, 
You know, I, I'm sort of behind <laughs> right. the scenes, you know, look at someone and maybe someone said something about them and, and I formed my own opinion. And then one day I meet them and realize they are nothing like that. Right. And, uh, and then you feel horrible because you've harbored some of these thoughts in your mind and feelings about this person and, and, and they're nothing like that. So I think, uh, the bottom line is we just got to be true to who we are, be secure in what God has called us to do, be, you know, be submissive to the mentors and the authority that God has placed in our life, and be humble before God, and, and I think you'll be fine. Now, talk to us briefly about worship. Now, this is a passion of yours, and how can we develop this aspect of our life? You know, often... Brother Jacob, people are always asking, what is the will of God? And and I, there's one thing I can tell you that's absolutely the will of God for every last one of us, because it says it in His Word, and that is, in everything is thanks for this is the will of God. So if anyone wants to know at least one area of your life, what's the will of God, that is to be grateful, to wake up every morning and just say, God, I love you, I thank you for another opportunity to live. And if we would wake up with gratitude, if we would wake up with thanksgiving in our spirit, and as we're driving down, instead of listening to talk radio and all these things that, you know, just bring us down and discourage us, you know, I'm not saying ever listen to that stuff. I'm just saying if we would spend more time thanking God for our families and for His goodness and our churches and the leadership and the upbringing and the heritage, and, 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 and every time sin happens, it happens because were ungrateful. And, I mean, you think about when David was looking over that balcony. He sinned because he was not thankful for what he already had. He wanted something else. And and so when we become ungrateful, we set ourselves up for major problems. And so, but when we become grateful, it's easy for me to worship because I realize, God, you have been so amazing to me, and I want to worship you. And it comes out of relationship. It comes out of conversation with God and, and this ongoing, Lord, I love you, and you have been amazing to me, and I worship you. It's not in a song. A song is just a tool, and um, it just helps us create a corporate experience. But worship is something that should rise from us the first thing when we get out of bed in the morning as we're taking a shower. Take that time and just talk to God and love God as you're driving to work. Take that time, maybe put a message in, or maybe put some good music in, and but take that time to worship God. If you'll culture that in you, you know, I remember years ago when my kids were small, or actually when they got a little older, my oldest son was driving down the road, and my other son, that's a little bit younger than him, was traveling with him, and and and, and the oldest son just began to say, God, I thank you for your goodness today, and, and the younger son just said, uh, are you trying to be like that? <laughs> And um, and because they've heard it, they've heard it going down the right. road. And what you're doing is, you not only are you worshiping God, but you're creating this culture in you that, and, and in your children, and in your life, and in your family, and and that begins to they realize this is where my source is, this is where my strength is, and it's just this ongoing, continual worship that rises from us. And I tell you, you want a backstage pass to God. Um, his word says, if you will, if you will worship me and you'll do my will, then I will hear your prayers. So if you want your prayers heard, become a worshiper, become someone who's filled with gratitude, and you get this little special backstage pass to God. 
That's so true. And even in my own life, I've experienced that on many occasions when you just you're seeking God and you get into that. It's almost like a like you go into another room or something, and and you're just in the presence of God, and you you're so close and connected in that time of worship. It's incredible. You know, if you feel like you're praying sometimes, because I know I'm guilty of this, but you know, I get in my little, God, I need this list, you know, and, and it just doesn't seem like it's going where all of a sudden I tell myself, you're doing this all wrong, Mark. Just start worshiping God, you know, and certainly I believe we need to ask, but just start worshiping Him and giving His presence. There's never a better time to approach God than once you're in His presence. And, you know, it's sort of like, think about it as your children. You know, the last thing I wanted to come and do is, have them come to just walk in my office and say, Dad, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. But it's a whole lot different if they walk in and take a couple of minutes and they're saying, God, you're a dad, you know, you know, I just thank you for this and I thank you for that. Even though if you think they're patronizing you, you know, you, um, you there's something about it that just softens the flow. He said, all right, what do you want? Here you go. You know, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and, and I think God often is that way. Just don't just always come in here and asking what you need, but why don't you come in here and love me? Because I believe that God God wants to provide his, his good things, and he wants to bless us. He doesn't get any joy of anybody being sick or, or needing. You know, God is attracted to me, and he wants to help us. But it comes through worship. I believe we were created for one thing, and it wasn't just to give us our toys. It was for us to bring him pleasure. Well, Brother Condon, thank you so much for joining us today. And as we close, how could someone get in touch with you and and connect with your ministry? Well, it's pretty simple nowadays. Um, you can go to markcondon.com, which is our website, and, and connect you know through there and send any kind of information or questions through there. Um, and we also are on Facebook and Twitter. And Facebook, you, know, uh, you can go to Mark Condon Music and connect to us there um, on Facebook or on Twitter. You can go to Mark D. as in David Condon. So Mark D. Condon, connect on Twitter there. So, uh, And I am uh, in pretty good contact with all that on a regular basis. And so someone messages me through one of these places, I, can, I will certainly eventually find it. Absolutely. And thank you for being so available for this. And I know you have a, a heart to develop ministries and, and develop people as well. Could, could you just take a minute as we close and just pray over that young person that, that maybe they even feeling a calling to, to lead worship or to go deeper in their, in their commitment to God and their calling and, and maybe even stepping out in faith. Can you just take a minute and pray for us? Absolutely. And let me just say this before I do that. I, I think there's, I believe God grieves over two common approaches to his unfolding plans in our life. And I just want everyone to know this. First of all, you know, often I think people look and say, well, I'm overlooked. My pastor doesn't see me, or my music pastor doesn't realize I can sing, and, and or, you know, hey, I've grown up and no one sees that, you know, and I'm an adult now, and I'm ready to get going. Let me just let me just say this to everybody that's listening to this, that it's impossible, absolutely impossible for you to be overlooked, because God is watching. And I have watched it over and over and over, that you may feel like you're buried under the pile. But nothing will stop God and His plan for you. No pastor, no music pastor. Uh, when it's tough timing, He will promote and demote. It's just what He does, and He's really good at it. And but there's two there's two common approaches to His unfolding plans. And one is 
those who want positions without preparation. And number two, those who refuse to leave the comforts of preparation to take a position. And so I want to just leave that with people uh, as, as you're listening to this. And, and certainly I would love to pray. So, so God, you know the desires of our hearts and our will to please you. And I, I pray that you help us to walk in faith towards your design in each and every one of our individual lives. Help us to realize that no person can hold us back from your plan in our life, but help us to be in submission to the authorities uh, that you have placed over us and prepare us so when those doors do open that we're ready to go and do great exploits for your kingdom. I pray, God, that blessings will be upon who's listening right now and that, God, you become more real to them than they have ever experienced in their lives. I pray, God, let them know that you are able to take care of them and that they can do all things through Christ that strengthens them. God, I pray that you will let this listener know uh, that you are not a respecter of people, but a respecter of your principles. And when we abide by your ideals and your principles, great things always follow. Help us to take giant steps, God, rather than baby steps. Help us to have a double portion. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Brother Condon, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an honor to have you. God bless. Thank you for all you're doing.